Coming live from Sydney, Australia is our guest this morning. Welcome to this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live, the show which ensures that you profit from your time spent here with experts, either through their industry insights, information, or simply learning from them. And before I move forward, may I request you to subscribe, follow, like, and comment on whichever platform you are watching or listening to this show on. And today we have Barry Nicolau, corporate and personal wellness specialist, best-selling author. Welcome to the show, Barry. Thank you for having me. It's beautiful to be here and speaking with you about such exciting topics. Thank you. We'll be talking about how to use your thoughts to create the life you want. You are an expert in that. But <laughs> to, to begin with, uh, Barry, yeah. just explain the sound, science of how thoughts become things. Absolutely. And um, you've gone right to the heart of the conversation. Um, usually it's 20 minutes in, we start talking about this, but this is really, really good. So when we talk about creative visualization and how thoughts actually become things, it's very, very exciting. And if you're listening to this now and you have a pad and a pen, I'd suggest that you quickly take it out and just write. I do, some I do, down. Barry. I do. Good, I do. Good, and good, and good. I, I'm, I'm your student right now. <laughs> yes, we're all students of each other. Yes. I think. Yes. <laughs> but uh, so it's it's a it's a very exciting topic. Um. So so people talk about how thoughts become things, and and with my current book and with my new book that's coming out in November, we look at the science behind that, and it's very very exciting. So let's start to write some things down. So right. if we take our tangible reality, so we've got uh, matter, which is our blood, sweat and tears in a lot of cases. So we can feel our hand and we can feel the warmth of our partner and whoever it is. And we say, well, Barry, that is real. They are real. I can feel them. I can touch them. If you take a microscope to your skin, if you take a microscope to, to actually to matter, what you get are molecules. If you go down further still into molecules, you get cells. If you go down further still, you get atoms. When you go down into atoms and you look at the electron microscope level and you go, what's within atoms? I want to understand this further. You get these little things called subatomic particles. Um, and then I, my research is leading me into what's inside subatomic particles because I've been very curious, you know, what is this inside of us? What makes up these beautiful thought processes that we go through. And there are these little things called quarks, Q-U-A-R-K-S. You can Google them and have a look. Okay. Now, quarks change their molecular structure just through observation. So just by looking at them under an electron microscope, they will change. And then you ask yourself the next logical question, which is what influences quarks to change molecular structure? And the answer to that is thought. Thought influences quarks, which influences subatomic particles, atoms, cells, molecules, and matter. So we're at a level where when we say thoughts become things, that's the science behind it. So everything that you think is possible and everything that you think is impossible are both coming from the same mind. It's just we've really got to get uh, clear and have clarity surrounding that anything is really possible if you put your mind to it. And this comes back to a lot of the way we've been brought up as children, have what our parents believed, what our grandparents believed, you know, the love and the honesty and the respect that gets passed down 
from generation to generation. But what we also think, we don't really think about, is that a lot of our parents' fears and a lot of their anger and aggression towards the, 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 the fight that they had to live in their lives, that fear gets passed down generationally as well. And unless us as children, unless, unless we look at it with perspective and say, what are the good traits from my family and from my grandparents and great-grandparents and parents? What are the good traits? And what are the traits that are toxic? Then we're always going to live in a 50-50 universe. We're always going to live in a, um, uh, I think the world is sometimes good and I think it's sometimes bad. But it's always stemming back to our thoughts. If we believe that something is a certain way, life will confirm that bias to us through our tangible experiences that we face in reality. So that's that's the science behind how thoughts actually translate into things. It's quite amazing. Right. Right. Barry, so you mean thoughts can sabotage or assist us in creating the life we want. That's what you mean? Absolutely. And and unless we become specific about what is sabotaging us and what is assisting us, then we will always have mixed experiences. We've got to continually understand that if we want something to create something, we can put all our energy into creating it, yes? But if we are in a situation where we are fearing, we are also creating. There is, there is, there is the best way to think about it is this. You know, when you have your soil outside, you want to put a plant in it, the soil will not reject a weed. It will not reject anything that you put in it because the soil, its role is to expand, is to expand whatever seed it falls in it or whatever seed you plant in it, right? Our minds work in exactly the same way. If we entertain a thought, a fearful-based thought, and that thought is something that we don't want to experience, but we fertilize it with sunlight and water and emotion and, and nutrients, then the soil will say, hmm, you want to grow this. So it will grow that reality for you. And this is what we have to do. We have to become very specific about the thoughts that we allow in our minds and then we flourish them with emotion. We have to be very, very careful. So for me, when I get down or when I get negative or when I get um, sad about something, I revert back to gratitude quite, quite quickly. Okay. And that's my key. That's, that's my secret weapon for me because I've got so much to be grateful for as opposed to looking at the things, the bad things that might or might not happen. Right, right. Now mm. looking at it from a business perspective, world perspe perspective, as well as individual life perspective everybody mm. want to do something great you know and uh, if thoughts are the key to everything as you said Absolutely. the quarks uh, that that determine and that work according to your thoughts then yes. is it is it that the quarks of your ancestors are so dominant on you that your yes. own quarks uh, they they fight with that yeah, or yeah. how do they work out how do yeah, how yeah do absolutely you, come out victorious if, if it were negative <laughs> very difficult to come out victorious if they're negative um so so what do i do if i have my great great grandfather or great grandfather who's passed down a lot of negative thoughts because he was trying to protect us or be trying to help us along 
And I realize that we are living in a new time with new possibilities, with new scenarios consistently. And I find that I love my great-grandfather. I love them very much. But they also were passing down a lot of their fears. And I have made a conscious decision not to embrace that part of their personality. I love them. But I have found a way. You know when you have a plate of food? You don't have to eat all of it, yes? You eat what you like. If you're full up, you finish. You don't have to eat the whole plate if you're, if you're half full up. So I look at right. my plate and I look at what the good things are in my, in my life, in my plate, and I absorb those things. But if I don't want something that I don't want to eat or whatever it is, I don't have to. So it's, this, it's the same thing. Just because the food is in front of you doesn't mean you have to finish off every, every little bit of it. And for me... It's become very psychological, taking many years for me not to eat certain foods or, you know, not to have certain influences in my life that are going to drown me. Right, right. Barry, now let's talk about achieving, you know, things that we want by use, using our own thoughts. Now, yes, you talk yes, of yes. Four, four ways. You talk of four <laughs> ways that we can achieve anything. And you also talk about apple pie. I'm curious wow. to know about that. <laughs> Tell well, us listen, about that. Can I, can, I'll tell you about the apple pie, but the first thing I want to say is that there is a guru on the planet right now, Sadhguru. You probably know him very, very well. Of, of course, of course. Every time I have a thought of anything, that man, he is a living master. He, he will be remembered in thousands of years because he is at a level where he can see through the mess of life and he can see that we are spiritual beings having a, a, a human experience. We are not the other way around. We are not human beings having a spiritual experience. We are spiritual beings first. And then we are having a life experience as a human. And Sadhguru is my teacher when it comes to understanding that. But to understand the apple pie, it's very exciting. So in, in life, there is four ways to get what you want. Only four ways, okay? And let's I'm use listening. an apple pie. Yeah, apple pie I'm listening, I'm listening, yeah. The first way to get an apple pie is you go and buy it. You go, you take your money, you go to the bakery, wherever you want to go, buy your pie, buy whatever you want, and you say, here is the money, and they give you the pie. Very simple to understand. The second way is if you and I are sitting down here having a coffee or having a something, a talk, you say to me, Barry, I would love some apple pie. Do you mind going across the street and getting me that apple pie over there? So I'll say, no problem. I will take the money and I will go and get you the apple pie. That's the second way you can get an apple pie. I go and get it for you, okay? The third way to get an apple pie is manifestation and creative visualization. The, second, the third way is we are sitting down like this and someone knocks on your front door and they say, we are selling apple pies. Uh, would you like an apple pie? And you're like, how did that work? I was craving it and I wanted it. And here it comes through the door. It's, it's incredible. That's where humanity is right now in our evolution. We are at the point where we are understanding that our thoughts create things. And that is a very important juncture to be at. Because I believe on the planet now, the, the consciousness of the world is, is growing is getting much bigger and bigger. And we're understanding our connection to the divine world and who we are and who they are. And it's very exciting. But that's the world that we're understanding. The fourth way to get an apple pie is 
the highest level of consciousness, which is instant manifestation. You put your hand and you think of an apple pie and all of a sudden the apple pie comes into your hand. Now, you might laugh and you might think that's crazy, but that's the way human beings are going. And it might not, might not be tomorrow we get there. It might be in a thousand years or it might be in 500 years, but that's the way human beings are going. We only use 10% of our minds, of our brains. That's scientifically proven. So what is the other 90% for? So as human beings evolve and understand more, we will be in a greater position to understand that our minds are so powerful that they can create the reality that we want. The only thing that's stopping us usually, and I'll be honest with you, it's people not believing that they are capable or they are worthy of attracting and working towards big and, and amazing things. And, and that's, that's, that's most of the people that I teach and that I coach and the corporations that I'm now helping. It's understanding the energy that you're carrying around every day and analyzing that energy. Is it a, is it a positive, healthy energy or is it a, a toxic, unhealthy energy that you haven't really, you haven't really um, looked at how to dissect that and go, what is healthy and what is unhealthy and move forward with the healthy self? So a lot of people don't do that. They just move forward every day, the same, the same, the same, and, and they have this kind of same experiences. So that's what's truly exciting. It's about being able to segment your mind and say, yep, there is pain and suffering in the world. I'll spend five minutes, 10 minutes looking at that and absorbing that, but I'm not going to live there because I've got too much good to give. And then getting to a place where you're joyous in your soul so you can give the best of yourself to your world. Okay. Okay, Barry. Before I come to the six steps to achieving your desired results, yes. you know, I would like to understand you are such a, so young and you have got so much a profound uh, understanding of human mind, humanity, human beings, uh, mm -hmm. consciousness, manifestations, and, you know, <laughs> uh, and insights into everything. It's, it's really very, you know, uh, Great to see that. And you Thank talk you. about Sadhguru, you... Uh, ah, I love you. Him. There's so love many him. things. I just want to understand how and where did you achieve that? You talk about, you know, learning something from the graveyard cemetery out of one mm. visit there. Mm, 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 Tell mm. us about that. No, I, don't, I don't know how it comes to me. I, I, um, the simplest answer is that I have an interest in it. So um, when you have an interest in something, um, you want to know more about it and you're naturally curious about how something works, okay? And then you combine that with the intuitive guidance that you receive and all of a sudden you become a vessel, you become, um, you become a vehicle for divine expression, and there are certain people on the planet right now, Sadhguru is one of them, um, who has come forth at a time where human beings need to hear these messages. And I might be a very, very, very small part of that equation. But, but it's, it feels natural. It feels that when I'm in front of people, I could be talking to 500 people, okay? And I, I don't know where everyone's understanding is at with regards to manifesting and spiritualization. And I don't know what everyone thinks, right? But all I do know from my heart 
is that when I leave that room, everyone will have a little bit more of an understanding in themselves. And that is that is the understanding of someone who wants to leave a good impact in the world, is to know that whoever you're with, that when you leave their company, they end up being more gentle, more kinder with themselves, more ambitious to chase what they love and to impact the world around them in a beautiful way. And we all have that within us. It's just the people that we see that are going angry and that are committing bad things in the world, they have been coming from fear for so long that they don't remember anything else. They don't remember the love that their parents had for them. They don't remember the kind acts that people showed them. They've been feeling a certain way for so long, they've forgotten. So they commit atrocities, they commit acts of hatred, but really what it is, is an act for more love. It's a cry for more love, more love, more love, more love. We want to receive the love. Human beings are wired in that way. We love to give love and we like to receive love. And that's the psychology behind social media. If you look at the likes on Facebook and the likes on LinkedIn and Instagram and someone commenting on your podcast and all these things, we, we get happy. We get people love us. We, 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 we feel that there is this need for our voice in the universe, right? So we continually crave it. And that's dangerous in a way because social media understands that. So we're always on our phones, always engaged, always right. striving for more likes all the time, all the time. So we have to just get a little bit smart that all love is self-love. Like, like everyone will love at their level of self-love. Did you know that? It's incredible. If you have a lot of self-love for yourself and the journey you've been on, you can give it to other people. You can give that love because you have it inside to give, right? But if you do not love yourself for whatever reason, it's very, very hard for you to show that love to other people. So the people that commit bad things usually don't love themselves at all. There's something inside of them that they don't like, so they're acting out, just like a baby would, just like a five-year-old child would. So it's important for us to continue to spread this message of inspiration, this message of love, this message of kindness and, and, and self-worth. It's very important that we do that because we show others that it's okay for them to love themselves. And that is the same with every human being on the planet, whether you're an Indian citizen, Australian citizen, American citizen, Asian citizen, we're all the same. We all want to give love and receive love. And it feels good to be in this podcast, being able to talk about those things. Right. Barry, tell us about your visit one faithful day at a cemetery that led you to write that, you know, the 11 master... Yes, to business success and personal fulfillment. That's so related to this one. And yeah, it is, it is. It's a bit of a scary story um, because at the time I didn't understand what happened. A very quick version because I know people are very busy. Um, um, I, I was in the shoe industry selling shoes um, and my customer called me and said, Barry, we are running late. Can you delay our appointment one hour? I said, no problem. And the best way to describe what happened is my car felt like it steered itself into this cemetery in Sydney, Australia. So I don't know anyone that's buried there, by the way. I don't know a relative. I don't know anyone that's buried there. So I pull my car over and I start walking amongst the graves. 
and I start reading the years in between people were born and people died, and you start doing the maths, how old people were, you know, some people were 35, some people were 60, some people were 10 years old, you know, and some babies were young when they died, right? And, and at that moment, I was walking back to my car, <laughs> thinking back at it now, it's crazy the way it sounds, and I leant up against my car looking at the sunshine, and I closed my eyes and I felt three words. And it wasn't like you and I speaking now. It was felt. It was like bombarded here inside of me. Um, and those three words were live your life. And I thought, uh, it's exciting, but, you know, if you want to give me something, give me the lottery numbers so we can really live our life, you know, make big money. <laughs> but then you know what? I thought to myself, I don't want to think about what this could be. I'm going to go home and forget about it. So I drive to my appointment. I go home at night. I go to sleep and I wake up at three o'clock in the morning and the word your is burning in my mind. And the answer to me was live your life. Don't live a life based on somebody else's opinion or anybody's thoughts. Live a life that is true to you. Very, very important. And then I started thinking, what do I love? Who do I, who, who am I as a person? What do I want to inspire? What do I want to do? And I just started writing. I just started writing. It wasn't meant to be a book. It was just something that lit me up because I wanted the economic freedom. I wanted the money to be able to do the things I wanted because that gives you time. You know, having the money is not good just to have the money. The money gives you time. It gives you freedom of time to do what you want to do, right? So I wanted to work out how people who came from being broke to being very successful, what sort of mindset did they have? What was the what happened in their story? And then I also wanted the fulfillment aspect. It's not just about the money. It's about understanding that fulfillment comes from being of service to other people. That's how you feel good. That's where the fulfillment and the love comes from. Okay. So how do we get those two areas to merge? So I found 11 areas that intersected the economic freedom and the personal fulfillment and the areas that people should be working on or could be working on to try and make that reality happen for them. So, yeah, the book's done well. Um, uh, E-course has come from the book and that the pandemic has happened, as we all know, and now I'm helping corporations in the same space, law firms. Is crazy. Law firms are wanting to understand this for their lawyers. And in Sydney, I'm looking at my first government contract in understanding the currency of energy in business. Um, and the next book is coming out in November. So I've been on about 30 podcasts in America so far this year and another 35 until Christmas. So it's, it's very exciting. The American um, market for me tends to be very receptive to this kind of conversation. So yes. it's been exciting. It's been exciting. Because it is about us. It's about every individual. And yeah. uh, you don't have to go somewhere else to find yourself. It's your own thoughts that can make you. Yeah. Everything, like Sadhguru says, everything happens within you. Like... Even if you leave this place, you go to another country to live, you're going to take your problems with you, right? So right. a couple of months, you'll be happy. And then you, your mind will go back to how you felt before you left. <laughs> so, right. so stay where you are. First sort this 
and then you can move wherever you want to move. And this means that understanding that you are love. You are a vessel of divine to express something that you're good at, that the world needs right now. So what is that one thing? What is your purpose to find that out? And if you can uncover that and do that every day, then not only you will become richer in your life, your soul and your situation, but you will show other people it is possible. And that's the real gold, that other people uncover in themselves that, oh, Barry did it. Oh, how did Barry do it? I'm going to read his story. Or AJ did it. How did you do it? I'm going to read your story. And that's the exciting part because one day when we go and when we die, that will end up, you will die with a smile on your face because you are impacting the world in the best way possible. So, yes. Right, Barry. Right, Barry. Now, my last question, as I said, was uh, in, in simple steps that you talk about, yeah, 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 six yeah. steps to achieve your desired yeah. results, you can tell for the audience they can understand it. For sure, for sure. And I'll try and go through them quickly because I know we're running out of time. So the first thing you need to do is to define your desire. A lot of people come to me and say they just want to be happy. It is too broad. You need to get specific about what will make you happy. Everyone's got different interpretations of happiness, yes? So you have to find in yourself what that is. Once you define it in your mind, the second part is to feel the possibility of that reality. So I need you to look in the world and I need you to see if this thing has been possible for anyone else on the planet, anyone else. So you think to yourself, I'm going to start researching some people, and you see that what you want to achieve has already been achieved most of the time. So you think to yourself, so this is possible. The mind then goes, okay, that's possible. The third area is I need you to feel the possibility of it occurring in your life, like feel the potential of it happening. So to catch the feeling. So when I want you to do is when you define your desire, you look at the possibility of it, I need you to catch the feeling of it being real in your life right now. And you have to hold that feeling for 68 seconds. That is the maths behind it. 68 seconds is when the subconscious mind will create an impression that this could be a true thing. So catch the feeling. If you have cancer and you want to beat cancer, I need you to feel, feel cancer-free. I need you to understand that. How would it feel like when you beat this thing? How would that feel like to you? Hold that every time. If you can do that twice or three times a day, you are going to beat it. So you have to get to a position where you know that it's possible to beat it. The fourth area is to remove toxicity from your life. Now, toxicity comes in the form of people, it comes in the form of nutrition, the food that you eat, it comes in the form of your sleep, your exercise, so it's overall. So you need to identify the toxic influences of your life. If you do the first three things good and you don't identify and remove toxicity, you're not moving anywhere. So you've got to really identify what the toxicity looks like and the people that when you hang around them, you feel bad about yourself or you feel bad about your decisions. You've got to identify who that is and what that is. It's very important to do that, okay? And with me, that was been my biggest stumbling block because I kept all of my toxicity around me while I was going for bigger and better things. And it's only when I removed myself from certain situations 
I was able to free up space to focus on the things that I loved and attract the people in my life that helped me along and I helped them along. That's number four, toxicity. The fifth area is very difficult to do but possible, which is to release the timing. Now, a lot of people say to me, I want something, but I want it next week. I want it tomorrow, Barry. I want to think tomorrow. I don't want it next year or next year or whenever. I want it now. And the thing is, when you do that, you are saying to the universe that you know better than the universe. So for me, when I identify what I want and I catch the feeling and I release toxicity, the next thing I say is, I know you know best. The timing is exactly perfect when you know best. And you know what's funny? If you look at your past and you look at all the beautiful moments in your life, haven't they been perfectly timed? Like perfectly timed, the beautiful things that have happened in your life. So then you have to trust moving forward that life also knows what it's doing. You can't say to God, uh, I want blessings, but I'm going to tell you when to give them to me. Yes, see, our talk also is so perfectly timed. Earlier we were supposed to talk in September, but we just we just managed to talk. And you know, somebody, somebody, somewhere must, you know, must be waiting for this to happen. And and it is happening, and somebody will pick up one nugget of information or insight. And yes, and can perhaps change. Just like it will change. It will change for me. So many things are reminders of the things, even if you know them. Yeah. Carry on, Barry. Sorry to yeah, no, yeah. and it's exciting that we're having this conversation because my philosophy is the same. If one person can make a positive change just on this conversation, it is worth it. It is, it is so worth it. You might, we might stop someone from committing suicide. Like you don't know the impact we have here. It's huge, right? Anyway, the last area is um, embracing your new reality, which is once you achieve what you want, You've identified it. You've released the toxicity. You've got it in your life now. It's your job to get bigger. It's your job to understand that if that goal that you wanted, that desire has happened for you based on working towards it and aligning this with the outcome, that you can get bigger and you can create from the same formula. So that's been my goal. Right now, I've achieved and I'm looking at scary things that are, oh, oh my God, is that possible? Is that mountain possible to climb? And the answer, of course, is yes, if you believe it is. Right, right. Barry, one last thing that you would want to, you know, as parting thought is that you want the audience to remember, understand, to, mm -hmm. learn, to use their thoughts and to create their life that they want mm -hmm. Okay, it's very, very simple. And I say the same on every podcast that I'm on. Um, after you listen to this podcast, your mind might be inspired and a lot of motivation and a lot of interesting things. And you think, oh, what can I do? I just need you to identify the next right move. That's all I need you to do. So if you want to start a business, what would the next right move look like? Ring your accountant. Would it be to find how much money you've got? Talk to the right people. What would it be if you want to be more healthy? What would the next right move look like in that direction? Look at your sleep. Look at nutrition. Uh, look at um, uh, if you're exercising. Like what would that be? And once you identify the next right move, do it. Don't just sit there. Because this inspiration that we're, we're talking about today, this is fuel 
inside of you. This is the fire burning nice and hot. So the fire is only good if you cook something, yes? So put something on top of the fire to cook. That is the next right move. It's no good just letting the fire then dull down. So this is the time to make that move. And once you make that move, the next move becomes obvious. It becomes like you know what that is. But just take this fuel and do something with it for sure. Right. right. All right. With this, it's a wrap on this edition of the KJ Masterclass Live. Thank you so much, Barry. Thank you for having me. Thank you.